briefly, if you turn your Bibles with me to uh, John chapter 4, and I just want to share just for a couple minutes the difference between uh, felt need and real need. That's a term there that you may not immediately understand, but I want to talk about that. What is felt need and what is real need? And we see in John chapter 4, I'm not going to go through the whole uh, the 15 verses because of time, but we see that Jesus goes to Jacob's well. Jesus walks by foot 24 miles to Samaria uh, to get there, and he, he sits down at a well, and there's a woman there, and she's drawing water from the well. We know that there wasn't uh, the abundance of running water like we have today, uh, so they had, to, they had to pull their water from a well. And here's this woman they're uh, drawing wet water out of the well. And she is there. Jesus comes and sits down on the, on the side of the well. And he asks her this question. And he says, give me to drink. And when she, she being a Samaritan there where we can see ethnic conflict already at that time happening. She says, well, I'm Samarian. And what are you being Jewish and a man asking me? for water when I'm a Samaritan. Because Jews looked at Samaritans, they looked down at them uh, for historical and for different reasons. And so Jesus says, if you knew who I was and what I have to offer you, you would ask me to give you this eternal life, this water that you would never have to thirst again. And so Jesus begins this this conversation with her, and he is addressing some very important questions. And the first thing I'd like to say about this is that you and I have a great need to have someone in our life that can ask us difficult questions. Okay? And I want to ask you that question today. Do you have someone in your life, hopefully it's your pastor or, or people that are in your church that are discipling you, do you have someone in your life that, can, that you've allowed to ask you difficult questions? Like Jesus is asking here, the woman at the well. And the second thing is, is that as she's talking, she is there drawing water. And what she doesn't say to Jesus at first is that she has, she has had five husbands, that she had a relationship with five men in an intimate way, and the fifth one that she's with now is not her husband. And so this woman had a great deep need, didn't she? This is a needy woman that's not married. And so... Jesus is addressing her felt need, and then he's probing deeper and talking about a deeper need. And Jesus says, after he says to her about her five husbands, he says, in essence, that, ma'am, you have a sense of your need, and you have this felt need. And what is felt need? What is need that is felt? Well, it's... It's what is perceived by an individual as real, vital needs for one's happiness or even their survival. This is a need that is felt at the conscious or unconscious level. We've seen an example of this here with this woman, that this woman had a need for water, and she would come to this water well over and over and over. And she is talking to Jesus, and Jesus actually is saying to her in vulnerability, Give me something to drink. And I think that when we are dealing with people that have needs, vulnerability is a good thing. Leadership with vulnerability is a good thing. And when we say to someone, 
when we are when we are talking with someone or when the Lord is talking with us on a personal level, he is identifying, he begins the conversation at this level of the needs. And Jesus will say, what is your needs? And he'll begin to speak to us and ask us difficult questions. Um, Esau, remember Esau? He was he came back from hunting and he was very hungry and he was he said to his brother, he said, uh, make me that bowl of soup and I will sell my birthright even for it. I says, I, he said, I have to eat and, or I'm going to die. Esau's felt need or perceived need was that if he doesn't eat this moment, he was going to die. Was he going to actually die? No. But that was a need that he felt that he had, but it wasn't a true need. And so <clears throat> there are four types of felt needs. And very quickly, number one, the felt need is security, uh, feeling secure. Uh, secondly, the f- is recognition. People that struggle with recognition often suffer isolation. Uh, number three, a felt need is belonging. I need to belong. I need to feel that I belong to something and I, that I'm loved. Uh, the opposite of that that people experience in the world is rejection and loneliness. And number four, something that I thought of this morning is the need to feel justified. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to feel justified. That I'm, that I'm okay. That I'm okay. That that my cause is good. And a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ, you're going to find that they're going to live in that need, doing things to feel justified. And this is a need. This is a, this is a felt need. Um, C.S. Lewis said this, and I liked what he said. Sinful lusts are really misplaced attempts to answer these deeper needs. People live in appetites and lust and desire for things and it's really a misplaced attempt to satisfy a deeper, deeper need. This woman was at the well getting water every, every day. She had five husbands. What was going on in her life? She, had a, she was living in misplaced attempts to satisfy a deeper need that she had in her life. Her need was not men. She's talking to Jesus here. And, and I'm, I'm sure that she's going through her mind, maybe this is, a, maybe this is number six for me. And she, she's thinking in her mind that, okay, this is, this is the next guy. And so she's kind of talking with him and, you know, just going through the conversation. And, but Jesus had something else in mind, and that was to speak it into her in a very deep, in a deep way. And, and within a few minutes, Jesus is in a deep conversation with this woman about her needs. And when we live, in, when we live trying to fulfill through addictions or through the lust of the world or, or when we see people going through things and they're trying to fill something that only God can fill, that, that is what we call sublimation. And that's a big word, but sublimation means to substitute something for the real thing. For example, I go to a fast food restaurant and I'm eating food that's the basis of that, you know, the ingredients of that is plastic. You know, I can eat that for a while, but it's just... I am just sublimating my need for real food. Um, you know, sublimation means that I am so depressed, I'm so sad, I'm so, I'm so hurt, I'm so messed up, that I'm trying to fix the situation with something that I feel is going to fill. You know, started having another relationship or going back into the world of whatever, going into another, um, uh, getting a career or doing something that make myself feel important. I am just sublimating what is really the greater need, and the greater need is a meeting with Jesus Christ at my well. Mm-hmm. And I want to finish with this, that real needs, real need is, 
the deeper spiritual need that's often hidden and undefined in a person's life that lies. And you know what? It lies buried underneath the pile of feelings and felt needs and activities. Sometimes we can actually do an activity because we just feel like we need to be busy. And men are like that. We just, men are just like, you know, if we're not working, things just, we're we're going crazy in our head. And if we're not busy, that's just, you know, and that's a felt need in in men's lives. And I think that real need is a deeper need that is often brought to the surface by suffering. We don't even know what our real needs are. Every one of us in this room do not know exactly what our real definite need is. It can be summarized in what Jesus says later on in, in the portion of scripture that we're reading. Real needs oftentimes is undefined. We don't even know what we really need, but it's brought to the surface by suffering. C.S. Lewis said this. You may have heard this, but it says, I love this quote, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to our conscience, but God shouts to us in our pain. Suffering is the megaphone to arouse a deaf world. Suffering in our life is allowed by God to bring to surface those real needs that we have. And when we have those real needs that brought to the surface, religiosity goes out the window, hyper-spirituality disappears, and we are face-to-face like Jesus and the woman at the well with a real question. What is your real need? And I just want to say that... That real need often requires humility to allow God to define it. I'm going to finish with this. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 says, God says to Israel, My people have committed two evils. Number one, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. And number two, they have hewed out themselves cisterns that cannot carry water. That's what sublimation is, is when I try to replace with an experience or feeling the emptiness in my soul. You know, when we live without guidelines in our life, we are just going to delve deeper and deeper into emptiness. Sublimation is when I try to fill that emptiness with an experience or an entertainment or, or something or an addiction that really doesn't answer the deeper question. The deeper question is, am I loved? Am I valuable? Am I secure in God's love? Do I have a purpose in my life? Do I have an eternal purpose in my life? And am I really justified? Someone who goes and is someone who's living in emptiness because they're not married or someone who's married and living in emptiness, finding another person is not going to answer that. Two empty people marrying each other is going to to result in a combined catastrophe. To, when we get married, when we date, we need to be both filled individuals, filled with God. Dating and marriage is just the, is the sharing of inner content. It's not like, hey, you're going to give me something I need, and I'm going to give you something that you need. That is, that is just a relationship that's just bound for destruction because they're both going to self-destruct. Mature dating is when I go to someone and say, Say, you know what? I am happy without even dating. I am just content. But there's a person there that I want to share what God's doing in my life. I want to share inner content in God's plan, and I'm going to bless that person. And that's and that's marriage as well. If I if I'm married and I'm trying to draw from my mate something that I don't have on the inside, and I'm demanding from my mate something, 
that's going to be a hurtful relationship. I'll just finish with this, that God, I don't, I'm not, this is not rocket science. I think everyone in the room knows what I'm talking about. God drills down, and he's going to hit that well. And if we don't, if we don't allow God to expose and bring to surface those real needs and let him answer those with his word, then we're going to just keep going back to the well over and over and over and we're going to be thirsting again. We're going to be thirsting again. We're going to be thirsting again. And so on this Valentine's Day, let's just rejoice in the fact that we have a true Valentine, Jesus Christ, who is the lover of our soul, who would lay... I was thinking this morning, what more romantic story could we talk about than a man laying down his life and dying for his, his beloved? That's Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? And whatever has happened in your past, you know, whatever has happened in our past, do not let it impact you with shame and guilt because we're new creations new we're we're beloved and we're loved and i'm just going to finish with that amen father we thank you for true love that goes beyond what what it sees it doesn't demand a change but it produces change in our life and we thank you and bless this time as we hear pastor kyle now in jesus name amen